One, two, three, four. My name is Jordan D. White, and welcome to Cast and Wax, my lovely podcast. Uh, that you just heard is a song called Laura, originally by the Scissor Sisters for my Ukulele is for Covers project. Uh, that was a request going out to Ed Jones. The very first request, uh, remember, what you do is you request an artist. Tell me, hey, do a song by, for example, the Scissor Sisters, and I will try to learn a song by them, because I know them. It has to be somebody I've heard of. Now, I don't know them that well, and to be honest with you, I, I knew none of their original songs. I only knew a couple of covers that they had done. So I looked them up, and I found a song I liked, and I learned it, and there it was. Laura seems to be the first track on their first album. But that's not the first song of theirs I, I, I found. It wasn't just I looked at Okay, I'm not going to defend myself, but I think it turned out pretty well. Um, I've already got another request. Uh, it hasn't been recorded yet, but I've got it planned out. If you want to make a request for an artist castinwax at gmail.com. Let me know what artist you'd like to hear a ukulele is for covers cover of. So, uh, speaking of covers, uh, not really. Speaking of ukulele, though, let me grab my ukulele and let us bring in our very first uh, co-host. Hi, everybody. My name is Scape. 
White, how are you today? I'm good, I'm good, and I'm sure the listeners are good as well. Um, Scape, this is another exciting show. Uh, the reason that I played my ukulele is for a cover song at the beginning of the episode instead of the end of the episode is because we are actually very close to your deadline for your uh, your um, your um, final projects for your uh, or for, for get all your assignments for this this year's uh, rock school. So we have another Scapey song this time. Yes, that we do. So again, Dad, okay. Um, we just gotta get through this episode as fast as we can. It's not gonna happen. Here's why. There's a, it's a jam-packed episode. There's gonna be so much stuff, and I, I know I always say that, and I know I always say that, I always say that, and I always say that this time it's really true. This time it is doubly, really awesomely true, because we have like five radio serials to do. Uh, we, we, our friends back in Binghamton who have been producing these radio serials are producing the crap out of them, and they are wonderful. So I'm gonna get, I'm gonna play a whole slew, a whole shaboodle, a whole schmuggity hoogity, bulkity schmulkity of, of stuff. So, uh, Scape, thank you for being on the show. You're welcome. Uh, and we'll talk about your song shortly, right? Yes, that is correct. So, okay, so I'm going to just uh, have you hang out while I bring on the next person. Yeah, what else is new? That's fine. Oh, because that's Scape. Did I introduce you? I don't know if I introduced him properly. That's my cat, Scape. Hi, thanks. Finally. He's gray. He's a cat. He can talk. I know it's unusual that cats can talk, but he can talk. Yes. Great. Um, now, this is uh, Mr. Rory Sinjin. <laughs> everyone. My name is Rory Sinjin. Thank you for having me on the show, Jordan, as I always am. Excellent, Rory. It's great to have you on the show. Um, now, last time we were on the show, I'm, I'm going quickly because it's such a jam-packed show. Last time we were on the show, you were complaining that people were giving you a hard time. Are you still getting a hard time? Well, I haven't been on the show since then, so thankfully uh, I have not been getting as, as hard of a time. No. Oh, good. Okay, so then you're set. Yeah, I mean, I would, I, you know, things are going the way that they're going, you know, uh, I've got the the Queen's Institute of Extra Historical Studies going away along swimmingly. The Queen is very happy with my business for once. You know, this and that, the other thing. I've been working with Mr. Frank Allen, who is the final co-host, which you'll have on shortly. But I last episode, we, we worked out, well, we started to work out anyway, a plan for getting him out of my house. Now, what we began with was the not having him in his underwear wandering around my house, wearing only underwear, I should say, and getting him on a diet. Uh, we left aside the things like plastic surgery and new wardrobe, etc., etc., um, but for now, we started with those two things. And let me just tell you, they have been going very well. Um, he has not been wearing only underwear in my house since then. I am thrilled to say. And in addition, I've been making sure. I've, I talked to all of my servants. I, uh, I've been putting a lock on my refrigerator. So he is able to eat food when food is served, but there is a limit put on the portions that he can eat. Um, I have been allowing him access to my exercise room. He has, I think, begun to exercise. Now... I don't want to speak for him. No, one, there's no need to because we're about to bring him in. Right. But I will say that I think he's enjoying it, and I certainly know that I'm enjoying it. That's great to know. That's great to hear. Uh, let's bring him in. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Frank Allen, and it's a pleasure to be here on the podcast again. Uh, it's been about two weeks since last time I was here. It's been exactly two weeks. Yeah. Okay, yeah, exactly two weeks. And uh, I will say it has been um, some of the best two weeks that I've, I've ever experienced. Well, I... I well, Wow. Uh, why? Well, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I feel good. You know, for the first time in a very long time, I feel really good about myself. I feel good about, I, I mean, I just feel, I feel happy. I feel, uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't explain it. Like, I feel like I'm glowing. Wow. And it's because of this, this diet and exercise? Uh, well, I, I gotta tell you, um, it, I think it might be. Uh, and Rory, I, I owe you a great deal of thanks. 
for for turning me on to this. I I I don't understand how is dieting and exercising make you feel good? Like I I mean I'm I don't I don't know if the the listeners know me personally. I'm kind of chubby. Okay, I'm fat. I'm kind of fat, and I don't like dieting. No, I, that's what I thought too. That is exactly what I thought. I would think I would think that I wouldn't like it, and I at first I didn't because I was like, well, I'm hungry, you know. But as the two weeks wore on, and this is only two weeks. As the first week finished, I started to be less hungry because somebody else was... I mean, again, I don't have, you know, a lot of money to speak of. And so him providing the food to me and telling me how much I could eat, well, his people anyway, that took it out of my control and I started, went, okay, I accept it. I'm accepting that this is the way it's going to be. I, at first, I tried to connive, get food through sneaky ways. Yes, I know. I heard my, 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 my servants told me that you were trying to sneak into the, the kitchen. I was. I, I did. And I am... I am not ashamed to say I tried, but I failed, and I could not be happier that I failed. And then as the first week wound down, I said, well, I'll, maybe I'll start exercising, and maybe if I exercise, they'll reward me with more food. I, it was actually, it was a plot to try to get more food by saying, oh, I'm so tired from, you know, exercise, I need more food. But instead, the opposite happened. I, As I worked a little bit more every day on exercising, I just, I felt better, and, um, I mean, of course, of course I was tired, and of course it was sweaty, and it hurt a little bit, but I felt good, because I, I said, well, you know what, I'm actually taking an interest in my life, I'm, I'm working at being a better, a better me, and um, I, I just, I feel great. I've, I've, uh, that makes sense, because I've heard that exercise can help with depression. Well, I mean, I don't think I was, like, clinically depressed right now. No, 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 I, I know, but I'm, I'm just saying, uh, there's, um, I think endorphins and stuff get released, and you get, you know, pumped, you get, you get... Excited. That is, uh, yeah, and that is what happened. I, it has been a great two weeks. I feel, I mean, I, I'm just imagining two weeks from now, I'm going to be, I'm going to feel even better. Like, you know what I mean? I, I, living my life like this every day and feeling this good about life, I feel like I can accomplish anything. I, you know, I, I, I've been working on more things for, for Curious About Serial Killers. And while again, they have not yet aired, they've been up on the internet and I feel like they're the best clips we've ever done, you know? I feel like they're only going to get better. I, I honestly, complete honesty, I am the happiest I've been in, in memory. You know, I'm sure if you go back to old recordings from you know 20 years ago, you might find one. Oh, he sounds really happy there. But I feel like I feel like I am better off than I've ever been the entire time I've known you. Wow. Well, I mean, I hope that doesn't mean because I bring you down. No, I'm, no, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I, I'm, I'm not saying anything bad about anybody here. Uh, you guys have all been great friends to me. You've been very supportive, and I'm sorry that I've been such a downer. I, it, this has been, I, I feel like things are really turning around for me. Wow. <laughs> well, that's this is amazing. Thank you. I'm, I mean, thank you. I don't know what I'm thinking for. Um, that's amazing, Frank, and thank you, Rory, for making him feel this good. You're very welcome. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure some people thought I was being a little hard on him last week, but I, you know, I, I do know of what I speak. I am an extra historian. I'm, I'm, I know I don't normally give advice, but having seen many other worlds, you know, I am familiar with advice, and I know the kinds of advice that t tend to work. It's just not my profession to give it. So I called upon a bit of that expertise, and I, you know, gave advice that I thought really actually could help him. And it did. It absolutely did. If if this extra historical thing ever falls through, you could go into life coaching. Well, I see, you know, that's very nice of you to say. Thank you. I mean, I, I I don't think I will. Extra history is my passion, obviously. That's fine. That's fine. I'm just saying you you you're good at it. you're good at helping people. 
it turns out. Well, thank you for saying that. That's very, very nice of you. I, it's my pleasure to say it. Okay, you guys are boring. Skate, that's not a nice... Why would you say that? Because all you do is, oh, I'm so happy. Well, I'm happy too. And that's good that everybody's happy. Well, I'm happy too, but I don't go around going, hey, everybody, guess what? I'm happy. Nobody is going, ba 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 That's, Dad, that's, that's like a noise I make that means, like, I'm bored even thinking about you. Like, I was, I was doing an impression of you. But then I got bored, and so I have to just go like this because it's more interesting. Blah, 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 wow, that's that's really mean. Well, that's how that's how boring they are. You know what, Scape? You can say whatever you want. I understand that you feel that way, but you know I forgive you, and I feel good blah, enough blah, that blah, 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 I'm not blah, gonna let blah, it get blah, to blah. me. That's good. That's good. Okay. So anyway, do you want to move along so we could get to my song, please, Dad? Thank you. Scape, that's really rude. Yeah, but I have a song. Scape, uh, Jordan. You know what, Jordan? He, he he's fine. He's doing all right. Because look, I I again, what else is there to say? I feel great. Rory has helped me a lot. Uh, things seem to be going well for him. Everything is moving along swimmingly. I don't see why we necessarily need to um, to dwell on this anymore. Uh, it, it's great. It's good news forever. All right. Well, uh, let's then. I guess we'll move on to the rest of the show. Um, speaking of actually of those issues, though, um, Frank, I did get a email um, about the. Um, about the uh, the underwear thing, you know what? I I normally I would have someone else read it. I think it's probably best if I read it. Um, no, I mean I'll I'll read it. It's fine. I don't I don't think I will have you read it, but I'll read it. Okay, so uh, this is to you, Frank. Um, dear Frank, first time writer, long time fan. I was so excited to hear in the last episode that you strut about Rory's apartment in your underpants. I've been enamored with you for many years and really enjoyed hearing about your sexier side. Don't listen to Rory. He's not even willing to come out of the closet about why he believes himself to be such an expert on what makes men attractive. Personally, I would be thrilled if Cass and Wax started doing video podcasts. Then I could watch you do the whole show in your underwear. I've heard that Playgirl magazine is planning on doing a piece on men of radio, and I'm sure you would be a shoe-in. Hope to see a whole lot more of you. Affectionately yours, Evelyn Sinjin. P.S. Boxers or briefs. No, hang on. Did you... Did uh, Yes, yes. No, 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 no. Evelyn Sinjin. Evelyn Sinjin. That's what it says right here. Yep. Evelyn Sinjin, uh, who is presumably your mother. I'm assuming there's not another Sinjin and another Evelyn Sinjin. Well, as far as I'm aware, there is not. Although I, I was under the impression that there was, in fact, no Evelyn Sinjin, because I thought she was Evelyn Edison. Do you think, th oh, does this mean that? Well, I don't, I mean, I don't know what it means. I haven't spoken to her in a little while. Maybe it has something to do with that, that thing the Queen said about trying to woo. I, you know, I, that's, it's possible, but I would have trusted Thomas with my life. I can't imagine he would throw off my mother so quickly and without letting me know. Not to mention that this is disgusting that she would write to you, Frank. Oh, hang on, Rory. Now, hang on. It's very nice of her to, to write to me. Let, let me let me answer this letter. No, no, this it's not necessary. Oh, come on, come on, come on. She wrote to me in all honesty, and I look. I'm not going to have sex with your mother. I didn't think you were going to have sex with my mother. What are you talking about? Well, she clearly would be willing if she's not married. Maybe, but I, as far as I know, look, just let me answer the email. Just let me. I'm going to be polite and I'm going to be professional, and I'm going to answer the email. Fine, fine. Um, Evelyn, thank you for writing in to me. Uh, I'm you know I'm flattered beyond belief. It's just absolutely. Um, you know, it, it, it warms my heart to hear someone write like that. I, I, out of politeness to your son, I have not been walking around in my underwear. I, you know, he doesn't find it as appealing as you do. I, and I will also admit, I didn't do it to be sexy. I did it just because I was being lazy. But now I'm not as lazy as I used to be, so I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. Now, that being said, the Playgirl magazine thing, I, you know, I can't. I could not be, 
I could not accept yet. Give me a year of this working out thing. Then maybe I'll be willing. But right now, I'm just, you know, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm ready. I'm not quite comfortable with that. Well, right. of, can we I'm, just, I'm saying I'm not going to pose for Playgirl at this point. But, at, you know, if, if things go well, that's fine. Uh, boxers or briefs, I'm wearing briefs. I, I do prefer, I mean, you know, I'm from an, I'm from an older time. Uh, briefs is what we mostly had. And while boxers have become more and more popular as time went on, I, I, I have not abandoned my briefs. So I like, I like being held comfortably. Yeah, I didn't want to, he- I didn't think anyone wants to hear about well, this. Well, she obviously did. She asked. So thank you for writing into me again. It's absolutely, uh, wonderful to hear from you. I hope things are going well in your personal life. I, I, I don't know why. I don't know. I don't have inner, inner information about things with um, Mr. Edison. Thomas and I are obviously have been friends, but I haven't spoken to him in a while. I hope things are well with your marriage. I hope that the Queen, as much as I, I adore her as well, I hope that she, um, well, I hope that everything works out for everyone involved. So let's leave it at that. Why would my mother be writing in to you? Because I'm an attractive man. I don't think that's unreasonable. Well, I mean, Frank, to be honest with you, I, I would not have... This is the first time we've ever gotten a letter saying that somebody was attracted to you. And have we ever gotten a letter saying that anyone was attracted to him or you? <sighs> no, I no, that's fair. That's fair. So I guess you've gotten our first um, groupie fan letter. Thank you. So that officially makes me the best-looking person of the bunch of us. No, that makes me. I'm still better. Have you ever gotten an email saying that you're the best-looking one? Uh, everybody tells me in person. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I don't need to get emails. Okay? All right, no, that's fine. You you get your person talking, and I get emails. So, fine. Uh, thank you, Evelyn, for writing it. Yes, yes, thank you very much. Uh, now, we do have another uh, email. It doesn't tie into that, but I do want to get to it before we get to the radio serials, because it has to do with those. Um, it is from our good friend, Charles Berman. Um, Rory, can you read this one? You sure this one's not going to turn out to be about my mother? Yes, I'm. I'm positive it's not. All right. Uh, dear Jordan, well, I am finally out of police custody. I don't know what did it, but they let me free. It was a few days ago, but I have just recovered the use of my fingers enough to type this and send you some radio serials. Weirdly, though, we have not yet received any money for making them. I don't know why. We definitely put work into them. Anyway, Wally would say hi, but he has laryngitis. It is terrible for him, as he loves to talk. He wrote on a notebook that next time he will really give you a piece of his mind, whatever that means, but we'll see when he gets better. We got Harry Wilson instead, and he's got a pilot for our new show. Plus, we have the first episode of a new serial from Cheryl, and an extra half episode of Slam Jackson. Enjoy, Charles. Uh, okay, now there's a number of points that need to be addressed in this, uh, this email. First of all, um, I'm going to skip the first one to get to the second one. Not received any money, even though you put work into him. This, let me, let me just say, I, I believe this to be a reference to my, my machine. Uh, what, what, uh, a friend of mine has, uh, Daniel Schwartz, friend of the show, as you all know, has referred to as the market machine. Uh, that's a, that's a pretty good term for it. Let's call it a market machine. Why not? Um, he's referring, I think he's making an allusion to that. You tell it how much effort you put in, or you tell it how much time you spent, and it comes back with how much you're, you're, you're owed for for this uh, effort and prices things for you. I should say, though, first of all, as you know, Charles, you're trying to give me a little ribbing here. It's not in effect yet. We're working on it. The UN has got it fast-tracked. Hopefully, it will be by the end of the year, we will be able to put it in place. If January 1st, we can switch over to that system, that will be perfect. If we see if we hit any flaw, uh, flaws or snags along the way, we'll let you know and tell you how far it sets us back. But we're, we're aiming right now, tentatively, for January 1st. Which, again, is a terrible idea. Don't worry. It's going to be a good idea. It's going to be perfect. Uh, this is going to work very well. I, I, w- I, was, I was hesitant at first. I, I see the logic behind it. 
I don't know it's going to work. It's going to work. We're good. We've got it all worked out. The other thing about it, Charles, though, is that you don't have to. We, we, as we talked about, you don't have to go with the price that it, it's saying. You can price something less because if you're making something for free, you know, that's the way it is. Now, depending on how the podcast makes money, which it doesn't at all. But if the podcast were to make money from advertisers or from paid subscriptions, all of that would get factored in how much each of the serials should make, how much and how much we think it's going to get downloaded and then we would see how much we're charging for either that advertising or for the subscription. But we're not doing that. We give this podcast away for free, therefore all the content that is on it gets made for free. Um, I understand entirely if you want to start a, a paid podcast uh, to to start charging for it, especially once the machine goes into effect and everything is charged fairly. Um, but at any rate, for now, it's going to be free. So uh, I will give you no money because that is what I can give. That is a percentage of the of the uh, of the profit that the the podcast makes. Technically, the the podcast costs money to do. So if you'd like to chip in anytime you'd like to, because re- really a percentage of of the, the, the amount the podcast makes would be a negative amount. So um, if you'd like, I can, I can pay you that negative amount. Anyway, um, back to this first part. Frank. Yeah. Uh, Charles is finally out of police custody. I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, I'm happy to hear that he's out of custody. I'm sorry to hear he was in custody. Good. Uh, well, that's the correct response. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I think he's talking about uh, the murder investigation. Right. Yes. Um, Lynn having murdered Alan Thomas. Well, uh, let me just say, uh, if they let him out, obviously they found that he was not withholding anything that uh, was considered bad uh, for him to withhold, or that he was not withholding anything. I, I don't know. Uh, I haven't talked to him, so I don't know the details, but uh, if they let him out, that's great. I'm sorry that it was a, a traumatic experience, but obviously these things need to happen in order for justice to, to happen properly. Hmm. Okay, uh, that's one way of looking at it. Anyway, um, we've... Uh, he says Wally uh, would say hi. Wally, um, referring, of course, to Wally Russman, the host of Politalk, uh, who I'm a fan of. Uh, hopefully, he will, as he said, give me a piece of his mind shortly. Anyway, uh, we do have a whole bunch of serials, like they said. Uh, we have one called uh, Robot Zombie Hunters Ride Again. We have uh, two episodes of Slam Jackson Adventurist. We have a new series called Donnie Palumbo's Clubhouse of Supervillainy. And we have an all-new pilot for a new show called Harry Wilson Finds You Love. Now, Harry Wilson is a big friend of the show. Uh, Harry Wilson has worked with all four of us, not including Scapey. I guess he, I mean, he, he hosted with you a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I know him. Yeah, but he, he specifically worked with um, Rory, introduced him to us by having him on This Day in History. Correct, yes, when, back when he was a janitor uh, working for Walt Disney. Correct. Uh, Frank had him on uh, many things. You had him on, uh, most recently, I believe, Car Debate. He drove you around for Car Debate. Absolutely. Great guy, Harry. Uh, good driver. Very safe. Very safe with his teeth as well. Correct. Yes. Very good. And I've had him on on, on the podcast as a host. I've had him on the podcast uh, by, by giving him segments. I cannot be more delighted to have him back on the show with an all-new uh, segment, Harry Wilson finds you love. We're gonna. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna. We're gonna go right into Harry Wilson. Then we'll do uh, uh, this day in history, and then we'll play one of the other serials, and uh, then we'll come back for a little break. So, everyone enjoy Harry Wilson finds you love. Harry Wilson Finds You Love, the program where Harry Wilson finds you love. 
I'm Harry Wilson, also known as AKA The Toot Janitor. You may remember me from other programs such as Harry Wilson Advises You, Harry Wilson Continues to Advise You, Harry Wilson Advises You Some More, Harry Wilson Brushes Your Teeth For You, and Harry Wilson's Game Show Extravaganza. I'm here to tell you about the two most important things there are out there. Number one, tooth health, and number two, keeping your teeth clean. There's nothing more important out there except perhaps for always remembering to brush your teeth. So now, let's get to Finding You Love on Harry Wilson Finds You Love. We've got a bachelorette here who I think has extraordinarily clean teeth, considering she's someone who's not me. Welcome to the program. Hi, I'm Bambi. I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here too, Bambi. What's brought you to Harry Wilson Finds You Love? Well, I'm having a problem finding a boyfriend, and I'm not real sure why. Have you considered brushing your teeth more? Yeah, I mean, I spend a lot of time brushing my teeth, but I I really think that that's not what they want to put in my mouth. I see your problem. All the potential boyfriends you run into have dirty teeth, and you have no one to choose from. It really is a dilemma of our modern age. Yes, it is. All right, so we have some bachelors here, some of which may have had clean or dirty teeth. We'll see. By the way, considering your name is Bambi, very nice teeth. Most animals, horrible teeth. They never brush their teeth. That's why the human race is the superior beings. All right, let's bring our first bachelor out. Come on out to our gleaming sound stage, bachelor number one. Uh, hi there. Hi. Uh, my name is John. H- how are you? I'm doing great. I'm, I brushed my teeth a few times before the show. I didn't know if it was enough, uh, so I might take a pause, actually, sometime during the recording. But other than that, I'm pretty good. What do you have for us, John? Uh, why are you the best bachelor here for Bambi? Well, because uh, I think I have the most to offer her in terms of uh, excitement and uh, uh, quick adventure. Well, you know, I, I, I like to think, you know, I'm a nice family guy, uh, family being, you know, just me, really. But I would like to extend that, you know, with with maybe somebody else or multiple times because sometimes I, I get over things quickly, but I, I consider that good in a family man. Well, what kind of a toothpaste supply do you have? Well, actually, I don't use a toothpaste. I mainly just use Clorox, because that whitens the best, by that, far. That's a brilliant idea! I, I, I actually mix in Clorox bleach with most of my toothpaste. I found the commercially available toothpaste is far too weak and tastes like it's made for a pansy. However, mixed with Clorox bleach... That is really the good stuff. I think you're top material. So, Bambi, what kind of questions do you have for John? Well, I was going to ask what you brush your teeth with, but I think we covered that. Well, it's Um, never too late to ask. But we already know the answer. Well, is there any other important subjects? Well, what is your favorite hobby? Sulking, mostly. In dark places. Sulking? Well, hold on. How do you find your the toothbrush and your mouth if it's so dark? Well, because of the glowing. Oh. Um, wow, this guy's got an answer for everything. I like this guy. That, well, because of the Clorox. I mean, it, it actually does emanate the room, you know, and I'm l- hoping to make it brighter with you, Bambi. Aww. All right, uh, any other questions for John, the Clorox man? No. All right, let's move Hi. on here to, uh, to Bachelor number two. 
Bachelor number two, thank you for gracing this program with your estimable presence. Yeah, no problem. What's 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 going on? How you doing, Harry? Well, I'm doing a program educating the people about proper toot health and finding somebody love, which are really wanted the same as well as synonymous. Yeah, I know. I know yeah, I know. I yeah, whatever. That's great. Yeah, my name's uh, my name's Chad Johnson. I'm uh, heard you trying to hook up some ladies, so I decided to come in. So, uh, yeah, her is good. Well, Looking Chad, we're glad to have you on the program. Bambi, what do you want to know from Chad Johnson? What's up, What's up baby? How you doing? Hi, um, I'm Bambi. You sound sexy. Thanks, so do you. Mm, thanks. Um, I so, am. what what is your idea of a perfect date? Uh, perfect date, uh, man, uh, okay, first, uh, first we meet up, uh, I'd pick you up in my Ferrari, Ferrari GT, Ooh. uh, didn't pay a cent for it, thanks, Dad. Second of all, I would, uh, I would take you out to dinner, uh, most expensive place, not like it matters because I'm paying with my trust fund, so, uh, and then after that- <sighs> Hold on! <laughs> How do you deal with eating rich food and still keep your date clean? What kind of a date is this? Yeah, let's go out for a romantic evening, I'll give you plaque and tooth decay! Yeah. Yeah, that sounds fun. When I turned 17, I got veneers as a as a as a birthday present. So uh, I don't really have to worry about te- keeping my teeth clean. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? What? The, uh, no, I don't know what you're saying. This is incomprehensible. You don't have to worry about keeping your teeth clean. The veneers, Worrying man. About keeping your teeth clean is the spice of life. The veneers, they don't stay in. They're porcelain. Then worry about keeping your porcelain clean. I'll I'll look into it. I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll take a cue from John. Use some Clorox there. You better. Otherwise, I can see you. Coming to a plaque covered and decaying end. Oh, I'll be coming somewhere. Don't worry about that, right, Bambi? I mean, you know what I'm saying? I do. I'll be watching for your brush with destiny. All right, Chad. That was bachelor number two. All right, let's move on to somebody with better hygiene and more respect for teeth health. Who's bachelor number three? Hey, Harry, how's it going? Uh, hi, ma'am. Wait, are you, are you a girl? Oh, woman, baby. Okay. Well, that's all right. Women can brush their teeth, too. Girls will be boys. Someday, maybe they will. All right, so, a uh, girl, what's your name? Yeah, my name's Val. Okay, Val, what brings you to Harry Wilson Finds You Love? Well, you know, it gets lonely on the road. I'm a truck driver, so I spend a lot of time on the road. But I'll always stop to give you a ride, eh, Bambi? Now, you did get the... Awkward. The, the, the <laughs> truck sinks installed, right? Yeah. Wow! I think apart from Chad, we've got some of the best guests we've had on any program. Hey, hey, I don't need this kind of harassment. Ridiculous. My teeth are perfect. Have you seen this? Look at this. Look at me. <laughs> He does kind of glow. My basement might need me soon. That is phosphorescent decay. All right, Val. Yeah. Just from one tooth driver to another, how do you avoid getting pulled over when, for brushing your teeth with one hand and gargling with the other when you're trying to drive and also keep your teeth in proper condition in order to maintain their full pristinity? Well, I mean, honestly, Harry, that's what the mirrors are for. You need to use your mirrors, otherwise you're just asking for an accident. Mirrors! I'm learning more than anybody else on this show! Well, okay, so, uh, Bambi, what questions do you have for our, uh, female bachelor? Um, well, my question was gonna be something, but it seems very inappropriate now. Did it have to do with not brushing your teeth? No. What is your favorite game? Rock, paper, scissors. What? My favorite game is rock, paper, scissors. Like, rock, paper, scissors, shoot? Or is there a- More like scope! 
Bambi. Oh. More like score. Oh, well then. Did you know the ancient Egyptians had terrible teeth because they got rocks in their bread? Like real rocks? Yeah, they were baking with rocks. That's why you should always avoid rocks, because they're terrible for your teeth. Paper, also, not real food, but some people eat it. Terrible for your teeth. Scissors, though, can actually be very useful in getting the last of the toothpaste out of the toothpaste tube. That is why scissors should always win in rock, paper, scissors. However, it took me a long time to learn that. I kept trying to play toothbrush, and people didn't understand. But always remember, play scissors, because rocks can get in your food and wear down your teeth. And paper can wear down your teeth because it isn't real food. Scissors, good for rolling up the toothpaste tube. And good for opening a bottle of Clorox bleach. That too! Yeah. What is it with this guy in Clorox? He's ridiculous. (laughs) What's ridiculous? It cleans your teeth better than toothpaste! Well, I know that. I know about that. I know that better than everyone. Look at my teeth. I can't. Do you stand. see them? Do you I, see them? I couldn't stand to look at I your do. teeth anymore. One deep. more time. Thank you. I wouldn't even call them teeth. I've seen skulls wider than your teeth. Those are pits of hey, decay. Sh- hey, shut up and go back to the basement, buddy. All right. You just lose us. Let's uh, move on. Is there any other bachelors? Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm over here. All right. Uh, what's your name, sir? Uh, hi, guys. Uh, my name is Alex. Uh, I am a I'm a theater major, and I figured I would swing in because uh, my friend told me about the show, and I saw you guys had an opening, so I thought I'd stop in. All right, great. I'm sure you must uh, use a lot of toothpaste for all those stage kisses, right? Uh, yeah, I suppose. You know, I, yeah. I brush yeah, once every uh, day or so. You know. Once every how many times a day or so? Oh well, well you know the uh, you know the uh, you know the old uh, once you know once a once a day kind of thing. What right before I go to bed? You know, just to get off the residue of the day. Uh, you mean like once a minute every minute of the day? No, not really. Actually, I just uh, uh yeah, no, just just once. But how many other times? Just once a day, Harry. Honey, that's how often I have to yeah, use the bleach. Wow. Can we, uh, can Just we swing once. to the questions? I yeah, mean, uh, I, I uh, don't want to be rude or anything, No, but... uh, uh, Alex, just, uh, if you could get behind the, the studio door, we got another mic in there. Uh, uh alright. Oh, alright, I'll be right back then. Okay. Can you hear us, Mike? Yeah, uh, it's, uh, pretty cramped in here, actually. Uh, why, why am I in here? I... For s- sanitary reasons! I don't quite understand, but okay. It's, it's a tooth thing. All right, Bambi, any questions for the hideously disgusting Alex? Um, well, you said you're a theater major. Um, what is the most romantic play? That's actually a really difficult question. Are we going Shakespearean or are we going all around? Homo. Uh, actually, sir, I'm, I'm not a homosexual. <laughs> but yeah, I okay. am. Theater, theater major. <laughs> it's a very prestigious job. Mama's boy. I have, I have a oh, question whoa, yo, about. Watch it, watch it. I have a question about homosexuals. Come out of the closet, there, buddy. Are, are <laughs> you boys going to fight over mothers? me? Because that would be awesome. If you put toothpaste my on a penis, my chilling out in my basement. Kay. I really don't like the tenure of these questions. If we could sort of steer back to the most romantic play, I think that's what Bambi asked. If we could do that, I'd appreciate it. All right, what is the most romantic play? Uh, if we're going towards. Something more Shakespearean, I would have to say, uh, the, ro- the most romantic play, uh, would be Much Ado About Nothing. Because Much Ado About Nothing covers a, uh, just, it's, it's Shakespeare going at his, at his most intense pace of absolutely nothing. Of these two people forced together to, be, to fall in love and to show how, how emotions really affect, 
uh, are, are affected, I apologize, by the people around us and how, how everyone interacts uh, amongst each other. How do you interact with people if you only brush your teeth once a day? Look, Harry, do you know how many times they brushed their teeth back in Shakespeare's time? I don't know, they were primitive. Never. They never brushed their teeth, Harry. How did the human race survive? I, I don't think know. They brushed Harry. their teeth with Verniers. sticks. They didn't brush their teeth with sticks. Is this why you only no, brush I think your teeth they did. once a day? Because you're all into doing nothing? I brush it's much my, of doing nothing? I brush my teeth once a day because I'm a very busy person. I I, I thought this was a this was a fall in love show. I, I don't understand all these questions about teeth. How can we have a fall in love show with people whose mouths are such fetid pits of germ life hey, that no one could... Do, yeah? can, can we let Alex... Start talking more about the play. Yeah, all right. It's, 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 kind, of, it's kind of moving. Thank you. I appreciate even. it. Much Ado About Nothing is one of Shakespeare's most beloved works because it has some of the most memorable characters and some of the silliest lines. Uh, and if we go outside of Shakespeare, uh, it's uh, well, it's quite interesting. If we if we lean away from plays, something more operatic would be Madame a Butterfly, which is all about a gentleman who cross-dresses as a woman to fall in love with an English gentleman. It's it's a very romantic story, uh, and it's very deep. It's very emotional. So I would have to I would have to uh, say one of those two. All right. So this guy has emotions and things. Um, now, do we have any other bachelors? Why, yes, Harry. Hello! Welcome to Harry Wilson Finds You Love! Uh, what brings you to the program, and what's your name? Well, my name is Jim Finitesimal, and I am looking for love. Alright, Jim! You're looking for love! Uh, how many Max. times do you brush your teeth? Oh, every time I get off of duty. It's very important in my line of work. You see, I'm a plaque fighter, professionally. Oh my god! I am shrunk down to a very tiny size, and then I am forced to deal out two-fisted justice to all dental threats. Jim, I, I look, I don't understand why you don't brush your teeth on duty as well, but you're doing good work, and I think you're a hero to all of us. I like to think so myself. <laughs> also, Bambi, nice to meet you. So, Bambi, before, before you choose this fine gentleman, do you have any questions for him? So your job is to be tiny in my mouth? Oh, madam. Rest assured that I am currently off duty. Yeah, I like this guy. This guy's awesome. All right, big time in the mouth. That's what Tooth Health is about. So Bambi, what do you pick? We got the Clorox guy, respectable guy. I want to cover you in Clorox. We got the vulgar guy who doesn't brush. We got the hey. theater guy who doesn't brush. Hey. We got the lesbian, and we got hey. all of our hero for all time, infinitesimal, Jim hey. Finitesimal. Who do you pick? Um, well, the guy who threatened me with Clorox burns is definitely out. And I'm not really into chicks, but I do love cars. I'm going to my basement now. But I do have big things in my mouth, too. I pick Chad and the new guy. Ho! Tag team. Up here, brother. Yeah. Hey All right. Yo. Well, there's no accounting for taste. And I Rockin'. mean, if you if so, you got Chad and you're still looking for big things in your mouth, just find a jumbo toothbrush. And for the record, you wouldn't be able to feel the Clorox. Duh. So this means the theater guy is single still? I, well, yeah, actually. What are you doing later? You. Okay. Heyo! Ladies and gentlemen, just swing whichever way the clean teeth lie. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Harry Wilson Finds You Love. Happy couple! What are you gonna do after the show? Ho oh, ho! I wish I could say it on the air. Yeah! <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Harry Wilson Finds You Love. This has been me, Harry Wilson, finding you love and new ways to clean your teeth. Tune in again next week when we'll have another program. 
This is me, Harry Wilson from Harry Wilson Advises You. Harry Wilson continues to advise you. Harry Wilson's been advising you for far too long. And Harry Wilson cleans your teeth for you. Signing off from Harry Wilson Finds You Love. Harry Wilson Finds You Love featured the voice talents of Charles Berman, Julia Kelly, Jordan Randall, Ed Jones, Cheryl Casey, Mickey Weishner, and Daniel Schwartz. Welcome to This Day in History. My name is Rory Sinjin. This is WHRW Binghamton. On November 22nd, 1963, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, the 35th President of the United States, is assassinated while traveling through Dallas, Texas in an open-top convertible. As the vehicle passed the Texas School Book Depository Building, Lee Harvey Oswald allegedly fired three shots from the sixth floor, fatally wounding President Kennedy. Hey, JFK! JFK! It's me, your biggest fan, Lee Harvey Oswald. I'm up here in the book deposit. Hey! Hey, pay attention to me! I voted for you! I, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, consider myself too important to acknowledge the general populace of America. Oh, that insensitive jerk. Quickly, my hunting rifle. Here you are, dear. Thank you. Is it loaded? Of course. All right. Now die, John F. Kennedy, you insensitive jerk. Too late I realize that the American people, my spiritual neighbors, have been deeply wronged by my behavior. I hope that my death will inspire others to be nicer to their neighbors. Should have blown the neighbors those magic bullets. If only JFK had followed his wife Jackie's example and been nice to his neighbors, he would still be alive and still be president to this day. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But don't say grace yet. My name's Rory Sinjin and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And worry not, for the spirit of charity that was so ignored in that story did get resolved. For that selfish man who did not give of himself when he was asked was shortly thereafter visited by the three turkeys of Thanksgiving. The turkey of Thanksgiving past, the turkey of Thanksgiving present, and the turkey of Thanksgiving future. Now, the turkey of Thanksgiving past, of course, is a, d- a desiccated corpse, uh, mostly made up of bones. And that turkey came to him and said, look, in Thanksgiving's past, you had so many things to be thankful for. You had a wonderful life. You had all that money that you have, you know, still do. You had that really rich family up in Massachusetts, all those things. Why aren't you thankful? The the turkey of Thanksgiving present came to him and said, Look, I'm a a freshly cooked turkey, and aren't you thankful that you can eat freshly cooked turkey because, mmm, turkey is so scrumptious. Don't you know there are people who are not eating turkey because, you know, all sorts of reasons, either because they're homeless or because, you know, their neighbors didn't invite them to Thanksgiving, anything like that. And then the turkey of Thanksgiving future, who was just a living turkey, came to him and said, Please don't kill me, but you probably will, so that would be nice for you. But it would also be nice for other people if they could also go to Thanksgiving if they you know, homeless people who were able to work their way up because they were given, you know, something to keep them warm or, you know, again, neighbors who were invited to someone else's Thanksgiving because they don't seem to have anyone. You know, the Russians don't talk to them anymore, things like that. This is what Thanksgiving is all about. It's all about giving thanks. And, you know, the man learned, I should give of myself. I should be nice to my neighbors. I should give to charity. I should give coats to the homeless. I should give money to causes that I think are good. Unfortunately, the fact is, uh, you probably suspected that he was already dead. Yes, he was. Uh, the, The turkeys actually said to him afterwards, turns out you're actually dead, but it's good to learn these lessons anyway, even if you are dead, you know, that way maybe when you haunt someone, you can pass them along. So hopefully we've passed it along to you. My name is Rory Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Slam Jackson! Adventurist! By Charles Berman, Pete Bowers, and Daniel Schwartz. Episode 4.5, The French Inspection. 
Our story opens with Slam Jackson, private investigator and famed adventurist. Bonjour. In beautiful Avignon, France, where a client has sent him to track down the man in a photograph that he is holding. Okay, locals tell me he lives in this area. Bonjour. Parlez-vous anglais? Je ne parle pas français. Très bien. That is all right. I studied it in school. How may I help you, sir? I'm looking for this gentleman. Have you seen him? Why, yes. But whatever for? I'm a private detective. This man was thought dead, and I've been asked to find him. A detective? Mon dieu! Can it be you are the famous American adventurer? Well, Julianne I... McGinnis? Well, no. Sorry. But I do need to find this person. Of course. Sir, that is Monsieur Thomas. He lives, how you say, in that house over there. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. You too. Bon chance. His chance seems born indeed, as our Gallic gadfly of good doing makes his way across the street to the house directly opposite. Bonjour. Oh, wow. Um, Alan Thomas? Oh, no, that's my twin. I'm Galen Thomas. Oh, hey, Slam Jackson, pleased to meet you. Yeah, you too. Don't get a lot of Americans. What can I do for you? Um, this is awkward. I'm investigating your brother's... Murder? Yep. Oh, I killed him. I'm sorry, what? Frank and I. Mostly me, though. Frank who? God, I'm terrible with names. I was just so sick of Al calling me gay. Really ticked me off. Nice fail, gay. That's too much butter on your English muffin, gay. Hey, gay, look out for that bus. You ever notice the first syllable of your name is gay? Gay? God, I'm so glad I killed him. What's the matter with being gay? Look, that's beside the point. I killed him. Premeditated, no remorse. Anything else I can do for you? Um, be arrested? Oh, well. English muffin? Will our hero accept the murderer's offer of an English muffin? How long before the gendarmes arrive? What is wrong with being gay? The thrills continue stateside in the next installment of Slam Jackson. Adventurist! In that episode of Slam Jackson Adventurist, the narrator was Mickey Weishner, Sam Jackson was Jack Coonrad, the neighbor was Jordan Randall, and Galen Thomas was Patrick McGuire. Thank you all for uh, listening to that. Um, some slightly strange news uh, here at the podcast. Um, during that last show, Frank Allen left. Um, yes, it was quite unusual. I, I did not understand it myself. Uh, I mean, I guess it... I don't know. It had something to do with, obviously, the topic. Good news for us all. Sam Jackson has uh, has cleared... The name of my very, very good friend, Lynn Nelson, uh, and obviously friend of the show. She's been on a number of times. Uh, she's no longer, uh, I guess, going to be wanted in connection to Alan Thomas, because apparently Alan Thomas, while he is actually dead, um, he was murdered by his brother. So, I mean, again, good news. I don't know why Frank left. Yes, I mean, he, he left very suddenly. He just booked out of here. It was, it was, it was, it was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. Uh, so, I mean, I, I hope he's all right. Uh, he, he seemed unhappy about something. Yes, he did. He seemed quite distressed. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, so hopefully he'll be back soon. Um, Scape, what did you think? About what? Frank leaving. I don't care. He left. What did you want me to sell? I, I just, that's, I guess, nothing then. Okay. Um, well, uh, um, okay. Uh, Rory, um, what else can we talk about? Uh, oh, uh, this day in history. Very nicely done. Uh, about uh, uh, Kennedy and him being visited by uh, spirits. That's very unusual. No, no, not spirit turkeys. He was visited by three turkeys for a Thanksgiving carol. No, I mean, they don't. it's not called that because they don't have songs about Thanksgiving. They do. What about the gobble, gobble, 
said the turkey, I must run so far away one. Oh, right. Well, uh, I suppose then it could be called a Thanksgiving carol. That, that's a little unusual. I would say just it could be the three turkeys. I don't think that's clever enough. All right. Well, the point is, yes, uh, President Kennedy was visited by three turkeys. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, well, I guess, gosh, um, it's unusual about Frank, and he's still not back, but hopefully he'll be back by the time we are done with these next uh, group of serials. Let's go into them. Uh, let's, we'll, st- we'll tell you what, we'll start with um, Robot Zombie Hunters Ride Again. Go into this day in history for this week. Listen to Donnie Palumbo's Clubhouse of Supervillainy and end with another episode of Slam Jackson Adventurist. Hopefully everybody will dig them, and here they are now. by Pete Bowers and Daniel Schwartz. Episode 5, The Cards Are On The Table. Commissioned during World War II to combat the restless dead of the Nazi war machine, an army of mighty robots stood as tall as bulwarks of liberty in a world gone mad. Sixty years later, our story continues at the apartment of Sergeant Steele, where an unexpected visitor has arrived. I'm coming, I'm coming already. Oh, it's you. Um, hi, Sergeant Steele. Officer Stevens, what are you doing here? There was some paperwork left to sign back at the station, but I figured I'd save you a trip and stop by with it. You know the last of the business from the other night? You shouldn't have done that. It's no problem. Yes, it is. The problem is you shouldn't have done that. Okay. Did I come at a bad time? I don't like surprises. Sorry about that. So, can I come in? No. Really? I just need you to- I can do whatever you need me to do right here. Alright. I'll stand here in the hall while we fill out a bunch of forms that I went two miles out of my way to bring here as a favor to you and Mike. That sounds about right. With the added bonus of getting treated like a census taker as the cherry on the Sunday. I didn't ask you to come down. I didn't want you to come down. I will consider it to be a favor to let me come to the station when I damn well please. Sarge. Give me a pen. What do you want to know? I'll tell you what I want to know, you has-been piece of low-life scrap tin. You worn-out old song-having, record-skipping, not even good enough to be sold on Pawn Stars jukebox. You, you, ah, oh, I don't even know what to call you. This is foobar. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm yourself, soldier. I may have overstated a couple things. You stupid jerk. You useless bear trap. You piece of... Soldier! You can call me soldier when you tell me what the hell your problem is, sergeant. Oh, hell. Clem, 
Let me get a pen and I'll tell you. Just wait right here, okay? I'll be right here. Okay then. Okay, a pen. Got it. And where's that punch card? I left it right over here. Here we go. Meanwhile, at the Iron's home, four old friends gather for their weekly card night. And with the laying down of this, the Nine of Hearts, my final card, I declare myself the winner of this hand. I believe the kitty belongs to me. Come you on, don't be me. I know he's not cheating, but this is getting ridiculous. One of us has got to beat him. I've had a talk. I'm taking you out next hand. The competitive hostility you are directing to myself is misplaced, my friend. Perhaps you should try berating your apparent lack of skill this evening. A lack of skill that you are sharing with Roger and Kit. Oh no. Here we go. Every time. This is what I gotta deal with. I don't mind the losing. It's the amount of smug that comes out that drives me up the wall. Besides, there's some luck riding on your shoulders tonight, even if you're not good at this. I beg to differ. Although there is always an element of chance to these games, the skill is the ability to take advantage of those chances that come your way. That is why I win 49.7% of our card games. Luck is an unknown and uncontrollable force that influences the quote, good or bad, unquote, results of any given situation. I do not subscribe to the belief in superstitions. Skill, my highly superior skill, is a force that I believe in. I'll give you a highly superior, you two-bit card sharp. You give it to him, Menlo. I'm getting a drink. The disagreement of several days ago seems to have blown over. I'm relieved. She seemed very angry. What was all the hullabaloo anyway? I may have said she was getting old. But she is! We all are! Apparently she doesn't want to hear that. Strange that she wouldn't. Many human luxuries, wine, cheese, fine art, only become truly valuable with age. My wife is not a cheese dog. Good thing, too! Should we cancel the big birthday party, then? Oh, hell no! I just found a place to get fireworks! Cheap! Let's put those plans on hold for now. I don't want to press my luck. You planned so much for it. You can't go throwing away good plans. And besides, you know, fireworks. Look, let's just wait and see. Hopefully it won't be a big deal. What won't be a big deal, hun? Me wiping the floor with talk this next hand. That's what I'm talking about. Bring it on, losers. As Kit takes charge of the next hand, Sergeant Steele and Clem face off outside the sergeant's apartment. And that's the last of them. Are we done here? Almost. There's just one more thing. What else? I filled out your stupid forms. I'm not John Wayne. You don't need my autograph. I'm not leaving until you tell me what's going on. You're standing here bothering me is what's going on. You know what I mean. I grew up with Mike. You were around all the time. Never had a problem with me then. God, you were at my graduation from the academy. My dad wasn't there. Now it's like I'm something you want to scrape off your shoe. What's going on? Okay. The problem is you stink. Excuse me? You stink. I can't stand being near you. What are you- Only saying this once, Clementine. So shut your damn mouth. I don't know if you got bit, or some bad blood, or what happened, but I was built to know what you are. Built to kill what you are. Oh, Jesus. So, how'd it happen? A disturbance down at the mall. Somebody's boyfriend smashing windows high as a kite. Took three of us to wrestle him down.
I was the one he bled on, and there was glass everywhere. Big cut on my arm. This scar right here. Got infected. Became a zombie. Got infected. I take the meds. I don't have the cravings. I get a full exam every six months. It's not a problem. My shiny chrome ass, it's not a problem. Can't be near you without smelling it. Walked ankle deep through your kind from Normandy to Berlin. If I had a stomach... You'd make a turn. They're not my kind. I'm not a zombie. I know that smell. It's all I can do not to let my programming take over and rip you apart right here. I've never known one of you before. Never watched one of you grow up. Knew their names. Their favorite flavor of ice cream. Jesus. Clem, I wouldn't harm a hair on your head. But I was built to kill zombies. Sure. There's pills and doctors now, but someday something's gonna go wrong, and I'll have to put you down, like a dog in the yard. But... You wanted to know. Tried to dance around it, but that's how it is. It doesn't... It does, doesn't it? I'm sorry, Clem. Me too. Keep out of trouble, Sarge. You too, Clem. You too. While Sergeant Steele seeks oblivion, across town, Kit claims victory. That play was literally improbable. Yeah, yeah. Cough up the pot. With pleasure, Mrs. Irons. How much do I... Seventeen dollars and fifty-two cents. Loser. Sigh. My grace and defeat is my only comfort. That's a good place to call it a night, don't you, gentlemen? Yep, sure. I think that unanimous. Sigh. Holy cow! Look how late it's gotten. Hope things went well with Mike. I'm sure it's going fine. Mike's a fine young man. If only she were not so out of his league. Ain't that the truth? Roger. What? I'm just saying. Sweet kid, but he's got a goofy smile. Like a clown with gas. I can't think of which of you is worse. I would say Menlo. You would. If you didn't know what was good for you. Which I do. Hey, that sounds like Mike's car. Let's go hear the news. How goofy will Mike's smile be after his date with Saffron? How will Clem attempt to repair her relationship with Sergeant Steele? The drama continues next time on Robot Zombie Hunters Ride Again! In that episode of Robot Zombie Hunters Ride Again, the narrator was Charles Berman, Sergeant Steele was Jordan Randall, Clem was Julia Kelly, Kit was Jackie Ann Sins, Roger Irons was Ed Jones, Toc was Ed Jones, and Menlo was Jordan Randall. Hello, welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On November 29th, 1928, MGM releases Love, a silent film version of Tolstoy's novel Anna Karenina. Fearful that theater owners might balk at showing the tragic story of a doomed affair, MGM made two endings, one happy, one sad, and allowed theaters to request either version. This movie is so boring. I can't hear what they're saying. Forget you, I'm going outside. It is so cold in this... New York of the 20s? Yeah, you should check out that terrible movie. Really? Yes, then you'll wish you were dead. Does it cost monies to get in? You know what? Life's what? obviously dealt you a rough hand. That it has? So I'm gonna give you the coat off this guy I'm about to punch. Hey! 
Hey, what are you doing? Uh, punching you in the face and giving your coat to this snappy little urchin who can obviously sing. Sing, boy. La, 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 la. Oh, that's not very impressive. Keep your coat. Curses. And yet, in this modern age, we realize that not just singing homeless people should be warm. Please, if you can, donate your used coats to your local shelter. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But don't say grace yet. My name's Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And worry not, for the spirit of charity that was so ignored in that story did get resolved. For that selfish man who did not give of himself when he was asked was shortly thereafter visited by the three turkeys of Thanksgiving. The turkey of Thanksgiving past, the turkey of Thanksgiving present, and the turkey of Thanksgiving future. Now, the turkey of Thanksgiving past, of course, is a, d- a desiccated corpse, uh, mostly made up of bones. And that turkey came to him and said, Look, in Thanksgiving's past... You had so many things to be thankful for. You had a wonderful life. You had all that money that you have, you know, still do. You had that really rich family up in Massachusetts. All those things. Why aren't you thankful? The t- turkey of Thanksgiving present came to him and said, Look, I'm a, a freshly cooked turkey. And aren't you thankful that you can eat freshly cooked turkey because mm, turkey is so scrumptious? Don't you know there are people who are not eating turkey because, you know, all sorts of reasons, either because they're homeless or because, you know, their neighbors didn't invite them to Thanksgiving, anything like that. And then the turkey of Thanksgiving future, who was just a living turkey, came to him and said, Please don't kill me, but you probably will. So that would be nice for you. But it would also be nice for other people if they could also go to Thanksgiving if they were, you know, homeless people who were able to work their way up because they were given, you know, something to keep them warm or, you know, again, neighbors who were invited to someone else's Thanksgiving because they don't seem to have anyone. You know, the Russians don't talk to them anymore, things like that. This is what Thanksgiving is all about. It's all about giving thanks. And, you know, the man learned, I should give of myself. I should be nice to my neighbors. I should give to charity. I should give coats to the homeless. I should give money to causes that I think are good. Unfortunately, the fact is, uh, you probably suspected that he was already dead. Yes, he was. Uh, uh, the, the turkeys actually said to him afterwards, turns out you're actually dead, but it's good to learn these lessons anyway, even if you are dead, you know, that way maybe when you haunt someone, you can pass them along. So hopefully we've passed it along to you. My name is Rory Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Donnie Palumbo's Clubhouse of Supervillainy. Episode 1, The Metaphysical Pondering of an Expired Condom. by Cheryl Casey. Love has always been this fickle, mercurial thing. Part sorority girl, part Richard Nixon, with a healthy helping of mother's guilt and shame tossed in for added flavor. And when this drunken Frankenstein monster of dashed expectations and anxiety offers to give you a hand job in the back alley, you always say yes. Even though you know the best possible outcome will involve her pocketing your wallet as the evening comes to a close, it's not just because you know that the only thing of relative value and importance in your wallet is an expired condom. No. It's because deep down, no matter how many times you get shot down and shut out, there's still this godforsaken hope eating away at your insides, convincing you that if you just take one more chance, one more time, maybe, just maybe, by some miracle of science, things will turn out differently than every other time. I mean, you're worth it, right? You deserve it? Right. I'm Donnie Palumbo, and this is my story. Welcome to the Clubhouse of Supervillainy. 
Connie, this is unbelievable. You've seriously outdone yourself this time. Oh, well, it wasn't too difficult. I mean, yeah, so like a month's worth of pay and the irreversible loss of dignity spent begging my boss piteously for the time off. But, you know, totally worth it. You actually begged your boss? Piteously. I love it. And that's Lisa. My Lisa. You know all that stuff I just said about love? She's that one time. My exception. My kidneys are intact and safely where they belong in my body, and my wallet's still tucked away in my back pocket. She's what made all those other times, all those other disasters, up to and including that clingy Komodo dragon with braces, worth it. I'm glad you love it, but I was aiming for you to love... me. Not the necklace. Think of all the shady black market dealings that had to take place in order to procure diamonds like that. That's the intensity of it. That's the manner of how I love you. Bathed in blood and slavery? Exactly. Donnie, this is precisely why I love- Damn it. Oh, come on. We haven't gotten to dessert yet. You know the drill, darling. Crime doesn't take a rain check. But I do? I made creme brulee. You have to break the top. With a spoon. It'll be fun. I know, but you heard that scream. That was someone's grandmother. What if it was your grandmother the Grand Inquisitor was strapping to a rocket aimed at Jupiter? I'd say good riddance, you wrinkled- Donnie! Uh, what? She was a horrible woman who gave me the genetic gift of these knobby, useless fingers. Look, I don't have time to deal with this right now. Enjoy your creme brulee. I'll be back when I can. But- The necklace is beautiful. Love you. And therein lies the kink in our relationship. When Lisa's not being the best girlfriend I've ever had, she's off fighting crimes, the superhero Phantasma! Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool in the beginning, too. I learned quickly, though. She'll don skin-tight leather to combat mutant gator people, but she wants to take it slow with me. Talking prehistoric reptile abominations get to claw and grope and tear at the love of my life, and I'm left holding the uncracked creme brulee! So, I do the only thing I can. Wistfully decide to put up the creme brulee for another time. A better time. When we can enjoy it together. And then I get pissed and decide to bring it to my best friend Rob, so then at least I'll have someone to eat it with, and not end up sobbing pathetically into an empty custard cup. Hey man. Dude, again? Yeah. I guess a rocket-propelled granny is more stimulating company than I am. Sucks, man. Well, make yourself comfortable. Just mind the area by the TV. I was trying out a new workout routine and got a little carried away. Sure thing. Ever since I can remember, poor Rob had this... We'll call it a medical condition. He sweats. A lot. And while that would be perfectly disgusting on its own right, he goes one step further in that he sweats acid. Yeah. Really. I also thought that was cool too. Until I saw him melt through his tux at our prom and melt through his prom date. Bottom line is, he's never going to see the security deposit he put on his apartment ever again. So it was just the superhero ring thing then? She liked the necklace, right? Loved it. See? I told you. Chicks love jewelry. Not enough to stick around for dessert. That's rough. But at least she has a legitimate reason for blowing you off. It doesn't feel like it. Besides, if she's into jewelry, maybe you can buy her matching ruby studs for her nipples. Get yourself some real dessert. Nah, one of her superpowers is having impenetrable crystalline skin, so that leaves out any piercings. So what are you saying, that her nipples could literally cut glass? Rob, really? Dude, that's hot. That's my girlfriend, man! I know, but I still had to voice that, though. Let it linger in the air a bit. Just think about it. <sighs> really? I should have known not to come here in this mood. Enjoy your creme brulee. I gotta go. Or maybe you should be proactive about things instead of turning into a blubbering, lame-o wussbag. Proactive? This is not some campaign to... to... Did you just call me a blubbering, lame-o... Wussbag. Really? Yup.
I find it ironic that I'm being told to be proactive by a guy who spends the majority of his life unmoving on a couch. Laying unmoving on a couch is my way of being proactive. At least it's more satisfying than melting through a date during the climax of a non-committal sexual encounter. Maybe satisfying wasn't the right word. Less anxiety. Less police intervention. <sighs> okay. So what are you saying I should do? Lisa's a superhero, right? And she just took off to do what? To rescue a granny that the Grand Inquisitor strapped to a rocket. Right. Mind if I turn on the TV? Oh, come on. It's to illustrate my point. Grand Inquisitor should inquire to healthcare provider as to what kind of services his insurance will cover. Because it does not look pretty. Once again, Phantasma has saved the day. In other news... The oh, she's wearing the necklace! Not the original point I was going to make, but I'll roll with it. See, you are important to her. I miss the way things used to be. Well, get it back to the way things used to be. Remember how you met her? Yeah. I was at the bank that day that Peter Peter Portal Eater showed up to devour hope, happiness, and bullion. In the end, he tried to use me as a human shield, and Lisa saved me. Right. So when was the last time you tied yourself to a railroad track for love? Or, you know, a quick fumble. When we started dating. But that's because she figured out I was intentionally putting myself in harm's way to create chance meetings. She threatened to leave me in the whims of Titus Eroticus if I didn't agree to have coffee with her. Okay. Creepiness of the previous statement aside. Creepy? Rob, she spoke to me in hyperbole. Hyperbole! Up until that day, I always thought it was the personification that did it for me. But... My heart waved a little white flag of defeat and crawled out of my chest and into her hand. It was magical. Sure, so if you can't return to being the damsel in distress, what else can you do? I... I don't know. I mean, what else is she constantly going after? What would attract a superhero? The jewelry didn't seem to work. Here comes the Grand Inquisitor now. I must admit, he has an incomprehensible amount of tenacity to continually fight against Phantasma when she's crushed him time and time again. Can we get an interview before the ambulance takes him away? He's been intubated. Oh. Wait! She went after the Grand Inquisitor! Rob, are you saying... No, hang on. I never That's said... That's genius! Ah, sh**. That's exactly what I'll do, Rob. I will do just that. I will be a supervillain, the likes of which the world has never seen, and Phantasma will have to come after me. Yes, she will, because the world will be like putty in my hands. Silly putty. Come on, Donnie, we don't need to go there, man. Silence to the clubhouse! In that episode of Donnie Palermo's Clubhouse of Supervillainy, Donnie was Ed Jones, Rob was Jordan Randall, Lisa was Julia Kelly, and the newsreader was Jamie Lynn Stuller. Slam Jackson! Adventurist! by Daniel Schwartz. Episode 5, The Plummeting Contingency. Our story begins on the top floor of a major skyscraper where Slam Jackson, private investigator and famed adventurist, Hello. has just completed a productive meeting with a client. All right, now to get back to the case. Oh, and an elevator's already here. Hold it, please. Obliging, the occupants of the elevator hold it, and our hunky harbinger of heroism is brought face-to-face -face with Kevin, a senior accounting executive! Uh, first floor? 
Yes, thanks. But no sooner have the elevator doors closed than the other occupant makes herself known. Salam Jackson's arch nemesis, Blood Talon Shadowclaw! Whoa, how'd you get there? The Supreme Practitioner of Dark Wicca need not reveal her secrets to the likes of you, Slam Jackson. At last, my six hours of waiting have paid off. You are trapped in this elevator with me. You waited six hours? Well worth it. What if I took the other elevator? Do not irritate me with hypothetical questions, fool. You have already aroused my anger sufficiently to warrant this quest of revenge. Revenge? What are you... Are you going up? No, sorry. Down. Darn it. Oh well, I'll catch it on the way up. Sorry. I bet you're sorry, bitch. So what's all this about revenge? Do you not recall the conclusion of our last encounter, Slam Jackson? Where you told me that my mascara looked, and I quote, tacky? Oh my god, you heard that? It is not your god you should be praying to, douche. For here it I did, and the dark rule of three demands that I revisit any wrong upon me threefold. Wow. Well, I was right, jackass, and so my revenge. Sixth floor, please! Got it. My revenge. You are tacky, ugly, and fat. He's not- Stay out of this, nerd. Alright, that's enough. Quick as a tiger that moves very quickly, our hero presses the emergency stop button, grinding the elevator to a halt. Blood Talon, I'm sorry that you heard what I said. It was needlessly mean to you. And if you need to use your dark rule of whatever on me, that's fine. But you leave other people out of it. I don't care what you say about me, but your anger is no excuse to be a jerk to other people. You're absolutely right. Yes, I am. Very sorry, sir. I accept your apology. I was in a really bad place, and I'll let my temper get away from me. I completely understand. I I feel terrible about this. Can we hug? I would be delighted. As the accountant and the Dark Wiccan embrace, the elevator arrives at the first floor, and our peerless protector of the pitiful emerges into the lobby. Okay, now where to go for lunch? Where shall our hero spend his lunching hour? Has the wrath of Blood Talon Shadowclaw soured his taste for organic meals? Will the businesswoman make her own appointment on time? Seek the comfort of your friends and family as you await the next episode of Slam Jackson! Adventurist! In that episode of Slam Jackson Adventurist, the narrator was Mickey Weishner, Slam Jackson was J.R. Coonrad, Kevin was Pete Bowers, Blood Talon Shadowclaw was Seska Miller, Businesswoman was Cheryl Casey, and the janitor was Charles Berman. Thank you very much, Rory, and I am sad to say Frank is still not here. So, um, looks like we're going to be closing out the show without him. Um, sorry to, sorry to hear that. At any rate, um, thank you all for listening to the show. It's been an exciting episode. Um, please, please write into us. We did get two emails, and that's always a positive thing. But please make sure you write into us because I like it when we have a zillion emails. Too many emails is a much better problem than not enough. Please write into us. Our email is castinwax at gmail.com. That's castinwax at gmail.com. One word, castinwax. Castinwax. No, castinwax, but with no spaces between the words, at gmail.com. Okay. Um, so, uh, thank you, Rory, for, for this episode, uh, to being such a great guy. And thank you for helping out with Frank. I'm not sure why he spazzed out on us. Nor am I. But again, it was my pleasure. So there we are. Cool. Okay. So, Scapey, it's time for 
us to turn things over to you for your song. Yes, that it is. Thank you for doing that. So this is your second of three assignments you need to have done by, oh gosh, when is it you have to have them done by? December 15th, I have to be done. Oh, right. So, so yeah, we have to have one this episode, and we're probably going to have to have one next episode, too. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So, uh, so this is the second of your three uh, assignments. Uh, again, you have to focus on a layer of the song. Right, right. And I do, I do. Good, 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 good. Um, so... Uh, you have, I believe, an essay to read. Is that correct? Yes, I do. Here we go. Okay, so, like, once upon a time, this song is my second song of the year. And let me tell you, this is the one where I focused on a layer called drums. Now, when you hear this song, you would probably go, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He totally did focus on drums because you can hear there's a lot of drums and that is, like, the focus of the song. It is. What I did was I was like, Hey, Dad. And I was like, what? And I was like, let's put in a whole lot of drums, like, of different kinds, okay? Like, let's start with simple drums, like, or whatever, and then put in some cymbals, like, and put in some, like, different, what else do you got that's, like, kind of like a drum? And Dad was like, how about this thing? And I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. Do it like this. Whatever sound it is, depending. And I, what I did was I layered rats of drums. So you'll hear when the song starts, you'll be hit with like a giant sound of drums. That was how I did it. Rats of drums. And then I did put in some other stuff. I put in a bass. I put in a, 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 a sound, like a little bring sound. I forget what that was called. And I put in those, and then I put in singings over that. But the root of it all was the drums. And I did the drums first. That's how you know it was the root. So, the song itself is about the fact that I'm actually tough. Not everybody knows that I'm tough. Not because I'm not tough. I am. But because they think, oh, Scape is so cute. He's so cute. I am so cute. But I'm also tough. And I just wanted to make sure everybody knows it with this song. Thank you very much, Scapey. And now, uh, here to close out the show is the, the, the song from the album Pet Sounds, known as Claws in You. Be seeing you.